Welcome to the Herald Podcast, New Generation, a podcast created for those who desire a new way of gaining information rather than reading a traditional newspaper. In our show, we will discuss everything from sports, pop culture, politics, and local news. To stay up to date on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service, such as Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, and you can also check us out on our website. And don't worry, we keep it short most of the time. Are you looking to be more informed about what's going on in your community? The Herald has a special digital subscription offer for new generation podcast listeners. You could sign up for a one month trial for 99 cents, then only $18.99 a month after that. With the digital subscription, you get web exclusive content, including pictures and videos, obituaries, and a searchable archive going back to 2013. You can read the Herald on the web, your mobile phone, and on our Herald app, so you can get all the Herald content in the print paper delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer. Again, that's just 99 cents for your first month. So you can go to www.sharonherald.com slash pod offer today for this special offer. Again, that's sharonherald.com slash pod offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the New Generation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tanner Mondock. And I'm your other host, Janae Avery. And today in studio with us, we have a returning guest, which is, I believe, your third time here. It's Tracy Schleep. She is the Health Equity Coordinator for Mercer County, and she's here to talk a little bit about something that we've kind of all put on the back burner, pretty much forgot about, but uh, yes, I'm talking about COVID-19. So, Tracy, thank you for coming on for your third time how are you doing today oh uh, i'm i'm doing great and it's a pleasure to be back here and i appreciate the fact that you are willing to talk about this yes because in case everyone hasn't realized just like i kind of didn't mercer county's in the red with covid so i feel like it's time to maybe start talking about this again so we brought tracy in he's going to tell you everything you need to know with covid and vaccines um and we're going to get right into that after we take a brief break for a word from our sponsors Ben Bizet Chevrolet is Mercer County's truck headquarters. Quality new Chevrolets and outstanding pre-owned vehicles, plus an excellent service department to stand behind your vehicle purchase located on Route 19, just south of Mercer. Stop in or call Ben Bizet Chevrolet today at 724-662-5440. At Sharon Regional Medical Center, they believe in the power of people to create great care. Their dedicated employees work hard every day to make Sharon Regional Medical Center a place of healing, caring, and connection for patients and families in the community we call home. For more information, go to SharonRegionalMedical.org. First National Bank provides a full range of commercial banking, consumer banking, and wealth management services, plus industry-leading online and mobile banking solutions. Call your local FNB or go online at fnb-online.com. At Chenango Valley Meat and Poultry, you will find an excellent selection of steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and everything that goes along with it. Voted Best of the Best in 2021 by Harold Readers. Stop in at 1215 East State Street in Sharon or call 724-346-6328 today. 
Located in Mercer County, UPMC Horizon offers a range of services and medical specialties at two campuses in Farrell and Greenville. Together with UPMC Jamison in Lawrence County, UPMC Horizon provides a regionalized approach to healthcare. If you need care, go to UPMC Horizon or UPMC.com. All right, so just like I mentioned before the break, uh, Mercer County is in the red. So just in case maybe people forget what that means, if you just want to, you know, talk about that. Well, several months ago, uh, the CDC came up with a way that uh, we across this nation would be able to identify where communities are as far as their risk goes for COVID. So they take into account a number of factors. You know, it's actually the number of documented cases, the percentage of population that's vaccinated, the risk of the population itself, the um, stress that the disease is putting on the healthcare system in a particular area. So it's not just a how many tests are given and how many tests are positive. They're considering a number of factors. And, uh, for us being in the red, and I should um, note that um, we are um, had been in the yellow since the system was created, but uh, a week ago Thursday, we were elevated into the red category. The CDC has some particular guidance for us whenever a community is in the green, is in the yellow, or is in, in the red. So what it really amounts to for us on a day-to-day -day basis that the CDC recommends that when we are indoors in a group setting, <laughs> that we need to start wearing our masks again. Um, and that is to help decrease the amount of community spread. And we know that when you wear your mask, not only are you protecting yourself, but you're protecting others. And we have uh, N95, the higher quality masks that are available to people now. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people are doing that anymore yeah it's uh, pretty much obsolete uh, you don't yes. really see people wearing their masks so for you to sit here and tell us that we need to start wearing our masks some people may not even realize that yeah. it really is bad out here and we need to start protecting ourselves so my next question is boosters that's the big thing going on in the media so where do we stand with boosters well how are we doing that's the that's the first question how are we doing um we're not doing what I would call well mm -hmm. <laughs> at staying what we call up to date with our vaccinations. So if I could bear with, if you could bear with me and I'll go over the little bit of the terminology. Yes. So we talk about people who are fully vaccinated. So to be fully vaccinated, that means you completed your primary series, which means if you got Moderna, you got the Pfizer vaccine, you received two vaccines. And if you got J&J, you had one vaccine. Uh, we're at 54% of our population that is fully vaccinated. Now that's compared to, let's compare it to the state as a whole. The state as a whole is at 70%. 70% of the state of Pennsylvania or the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is fully vaccinated. Now when we talk about the percentage of population that is boosted, so we have we have the term stay current or stay up to date. So up to date means that you have received all of the eligible doses of boosters that for which you qualify. Um, and we're not doing very well at that. 
Um, I believe I was looking at the numbers this morning, and in Mercer County, we have 26% of our population that has one booster. And when we talk about people who have had their second booster, which there is a population that qualifies for a second booster, um, or what we again considered to be up to date, um, it dropped down to 4.7%. So is it safe to say that the people who received their first and second shot are the ones who actually did get the boosters since those numbers are kind of similar in value? Well, 54% of our population is fully vaccinated. 26% is boosted. Okay. So we could say about half. I mean, you could, that's about, about half. Um, so we've done we've done a better job at getting one booster, but I talk I talk to people every day, and there are a lot of people out there that, that they'll say to me, "Yeah, I got my, but I'm not getting any more." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe they have become a little bit complacent. Uh, their mind is oh that was open to the vaccine to begin with, but so I wonder why I always ask the question. Please help me understand why not mm-hmm. uh, i respect anybody's right to um, to self-determination i'm not going to force anybody into anything but uh, i always ask would you explain to me why and uh, something that i hear is you know well i had covid and i survived it so that they just assume that they're like immune then forever oh well right? i, I think some people do mm-hmm. um and i try very much not to be argumentative um or to like feel like i have a retort for everything because that turns people off um but i do sh- i do share with them that the current um the current variants of the of covid um, is much more contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, immunity that develops, your self-immunity that develops from having had COVID um, isn't lasting very long at all. I right. mean, we're hearing cases of people who get COVID and are getting like reinfected like as much as a month later. Right. Um, so, you know, and what your best protection remains vaccination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will I will not quit saying that. Uh, I don't care how sick and tired people get of hearing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am going to continue with that message. Vaccination is still your best protection. Right. And so I guess just for people who have maybe put off getting, you know, that booster, if you could just like tell us what happens to the effectiveness of the vaccine after a while, you know, does it wear off or whatever? Is that why people recommend getting that booster you know like why do we recommend getting boosters well there are a lot of people that um, have a much higher intellect and skill set than do I and they have studied this extensively and we are learning that's another thing people don't realize that they think the guidance is changing because we can't make up our mind what we want to do that's not the case at all we're changing the guidance because we are learning And one of the things that we are learning is that the immunity that is developed as a result of vaccination does begin to wane after a certain period of time. And that time can change based on whatever the predominant variant is. So that's why the CDC, as they're watching those numbers, they come out with a recommendation um, for uh, um, a booster for certain populations ba- and they say if you got your if you had your last dose this many months ago 
then it's time for you to get another dose. Mm -hmm. And uh, that happened um, not too long ago. I'm, I, I have a hard time keeping up with dates because those are always changing. Uh, but I believe it was last spring that there was the recommendation that if you were over the age of 50 and if it had been four months since you had your first booster that you should consider getting a second booster and the original recommendation is you can decide to do it now you might want to wait based on you know, what your what your plans are for your summer travel how much you're going to be around people and that was a very different message that the cdc was delivering that they were recommending that people make up their that given some recommendations and giving people latitude to decide um well the CDC actually changed that guidance because we the infection rates were coming up. We knew Omicron was much more contagious. And so they changed it and they said, if you are eligible for a booster, you should get that booster as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I talked a lot. Did I actually answer your question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's why we bring you here. You're, you can talk as long as you want. <laughs> And I guess it's it's important to note, too, that, like, I think when the vaccines first started to roll out and the boosters and all that, people thought that meant they couldn't get infected. Where, of course, that could still happen if you're vaccinated. It just, correct me, of course, if I'm wrong here, I'm not the expert. Um, it just kind of makes your symptoms not as worse, right? Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And um, I, um, there's a physician, a local physician, who I have a great deal of respect for. He's now the medical director at Primary Health Network, Dr. Garrow. He's done a lot of speaking on this subject as well. And Dr. Garrow explained it to me this way. He said, you know, the vaccine does not prevent that virus from getting in your nose. Mm -hmm. What it does prevent is from that virus taking over all the cells in your body. So um, if you're preventing that virus from invading the cells in your body, then the conclusion is that you're going to be, have a less serious disease. But that made it easy for me to understand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't um, prevent the virus from getting in your nose. Right. Um, and incidentally, here's a fun fact. They're actually working on a vaccine that would be a nasal mist vaccine which then would set up your nose to be um, to be less accepting, oh. <laughs> if I could use that terminology, uh -huh. yeah. um, of the virus. But that's, that's something that is being in, investigated and hmm. um, being developed right now. Right. Hmm. Yeah, because I guess I, I just brought that up because I know that there's probably people who are saying like, oh, you can still get infected. What's the point of getting it? You know, like, well, the point, you know, you don't want to get as sick. You know, you want to protect yourself. Right. I didn't bring all the statistics with me, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been well documented that the people who are up to date and are vaccinated um, are getting sick less often, mm -hmm. are getting less serious disease, are less likely to be hospitalized, and are all, they're not dying. <laughs> right. It's in large part the people who are dying from COVID all along since we've had vaccines available are are the unvaccinated. Now, 
there might be somebody out there saying, well, I know somebody that got vaccinated and they did die. It, you know, nothing, uh, nothing is 100%. Right. There always is that possibility. Mm-hmm. But if you want to increase your chances of surviving COVID, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording here, but there's a lot more treatment options now too, you know, since the last time you were on this and, you know, just over the last couple of years, we've had this thing going around, you know, there's more treatment options now. Yeah, there are um, or oral antivirals, um, what most people refer to as the COVID pill. Um, the name for the COVID pill is Paxlovid. Uh, and it works um, kind of like the treatment for flu. Some people have had the treatment for the flu. The key is that you have to access that Paxlovid, that oral antiviral, uh, within five days um, of the symptom onset. There's a very narrow window that you need to access the medication. So therefore, we encourage people make sure that you have a home test a a covid home test in your home for every member of your home of your household and um, at the first sign that you think that you could have covid don't wait until you're sick on the couch or in bed and um, at the very first sign that you think you could have covid get that test out and test yourself And if you test positive, then we recommend you call your doctor, your provider, your certified registered nurse practitioner, whoever it is that you use, and say, I tested, I wasn't feeling well, I tested myself for COVID with a home test, I tested positive, I would like to discuss treatment options. And then you can enter into a discussion because there are a lot of interactions that can happen with Paxlovid. So it really does need to be a conversation that you have with your healthcare provider. And you and your team have been working diligently throughout the whole pandemic trying to get people vaccinated. And you now have a new program that actually reaches out to the community and you have nurses go to people in their homes. So if you want to talk a little bit about that new program that you're offering. Um, The homebound vaccine program. Um, So all throughout, uh, since vaccines became available, um, we did have the ability to vaccinate people in their home. Um, But it it wasn't a very efficient system, and Mm -hmm. sometimes people would have to wait. But we were grateful because we had UPMC and Primary Health Network that were both willing to go into people's homes and, and vaccinate. Um, However, uh, we now have a retail pharmacy that has joined with Primary Health Network and UPMC um, and is willing to go into people's homes um, and give them their vaccine, and that is the medicine shop. And um, she has, uh, Rhonda Yarseb is the pharmacist and actually the owner of the medicine shop she and her husband joe Um, and rhonda is willing to give up a morning every week and uh in order to go to people's homes and provide them with the uh vaccine and the wonderful thing about um her program in particular is that if there's a caregiver, if there's someone else in the home that's helping take care of that homebound person, 
She'll make sure that they get vaccinated as well because it doesn't do a whole lot of good to vaccinate one person in the house without everybody being vaccinated, right? That just is common sense. Right. And if there are, um, if there are other vaccines that the person needs, um, she, can also, she can also do that as well. Um, so if somebody is in need of a homebound vaccine, um, they can call me and um, I will have a discussion with them. And if you are, you know, if you have a UPMC provider, I'll help hook you up with UPMC or with Primary Health Network um, or with the medicine shop, depending on what it is that the patient wants, the client wants, and um, what works with their schedule. Hmm. So it's starting to become easier than ever. You need to get that vaccine. Well, when I um, started, in this position, which would have been a year ago this past April, um, and that was my my primary goal. One of my primary goals was to remove obstacles. Mm-hmm. I want to remove obstacles, so that's one more obstacle that we have removed. Um, I would caution every, anyone, though, that um, the homebound vaccine program is for people who are homebound, right. um, not for people who um, are uh, simply are looking for the convenience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is for uh, now. This doesn't mean you can be homebound and you can and you can still leave your house maybe to go to the doctor's office, but. Um, there are certain qualifiers that, um, that we use to screen someone um, as being homebound. Right. And I guess just as we kind of approach the end of this here, you, you mentioned that if someone is interested in getting this homebound vaccine option or if they are just interested in the vaccine in general, how do they do that? How do they reach you? Um, well, I'll, I'll give you my number. And I always like to say if you call this number, there are no buttons to push one of two things will happen. Either I will answer the phone or you'll hear my voice asking you to leave a voicemail, in which case I guarantee that I will call you back. <laughs> and the number is 724-977-3256. Cool. And, you know, like we said at the beginning of the show, we're in the red now, so it's it's probably time to start thinking about this COVID thing again, um, if you've forgotten about it. Before we wrap things up, you know, there's another thing that's been going around now. You know, we're still calling it monkeypox, but you told me we're now referring it to as MPV. So if you just want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what MPV is, what's going on with it, what should we know? Well, the first thing I want to share is I am by no means an expert um, on MPV, uh, but I'm willing to share what I've learned mm-hmm. uh, because I am a registered nurse, and of course I'm concerned about public health, so I try to stay up to date. Uh, MPV is a viral disease. It is not spread through respirations like COVID was. Uh, you know, it was a respiratory-borne illness. It's spread in a different way. It um, creates a sort of rash or sores on the body. And if you've seen pictures, it looks rather scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it is a survivable disease. It is a treatable disease. Um, but we need, and it, there's vaccination for it as well. That is pretty much the smallpox vaccine if anybody's as old as me and remembers the smallpox vaccine uh, way back in the day. The one thing that I would like to share 
and this is something that is very dear and near to my heart is that it is being spread first being spread here in this country amongst the uh, gay population it is not the gay population's fault that it is here um, it is simply because of the way that this virus is spread from person to person and um, how um, the gay population, how their relationships form. Mm -hmm. So we need to be cognizant of that. And I believe that as cases of monkeypox begin to develop and we see those cases and you hear about those cases, that we treat people that have MPV or monkeypox with love, dignity, and respect. Yes, because anyone can get it. Right, like, anyone can get it. You were it. talking They're like kids are getting it. I mean, anyone can get it. Yes, there are documented cases of um, MPV in children now. Right. Well, I just felt like, you know, it was important to bring all that up because this is the new thing that is now, you know, being talked about. Um, but uh, I but thought I maybe, Tanner, it was a test. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Before we wrap things up here, though, is there anything else, you know, that you would like to add about, you know, COVID or anything else before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah, I could, if I could just for a moment come back to what we call our bridge to treatment program, which is to make yeah. sure everybody has a home test in your household for every member of your household and to feel free to use those tests. Don't don't put them back in a drawer and save them. Like if you think that you've been exposed or that you are symptomatic, test. And you know, our advice is always, if you are symptomatic and you test yourself and you are negative, do another test mm -hmm. in 24 to 48 hours. Because they're not 100% accurate, right? Um, or the at-home ones? No, nothing, nothing in this it world. I would 100%. always tell my students, <laughs> I would always tell my allied health students, nothing in this world is 100% except what do we say? Death and taxes, right? right yeah. Aren't, aren't those the two things that we say that are 100%? <laughs> yep. So if anybody needs um, a, a home test, make sure you have those in your house. They can also call me at 724-977-3256 and we'll make sure that we get you some home mm -hmm. tests as well. And I know what I did too, the frequently those are being given out for free. So I know I think twice now I've ordered those for, for free. Oh yeah, um, you can order them through the uh, through the dot gov. Yeah. Um, through mm -hmm. the, and they'll come right by the US Postal Service. They'll yeah. come right to your door. Um, there's been two opportunities. That's another that's another thing. And we help people in the community too mm -hmm. to sign up for those when we're right. out. Um, but if you need those if you need those tests now and you can't wait for those they, them to arrive, please give us a call. We'll make sure that you have them. And also if you test positive with one of those because you aren't going to an actual, you know, pharmacy or hospital to get tested, how do you then report that then? to the CDC just so these numbers are being counted and everything if you are testing well you positive. are you are if you're home testing yourself you're under no obligation right um to to report that and that's that brings up an interesting point uh -huh. that's why we believe that when we talk about the number of cases that are um in a particular community we believe that those cases are actually underreported mm -hmm. um, because we do have the availability of home tests and people don't they don't have to self-report that right. they um, tested positive. And because 
in some cases people are asymptomatic or the symptoms of the Omicron, the particular Omicron variant that's dominant now um, is much like a cold Mm -hmm. or a sinus infection. And so people oftentimes think, oh, I just have a cold. And so they don't even test at all when they they could have COVID. Right. I thought I was wrapping things up here, but a lot to talk about with COVID. So just to make sure before we turn these, is there anything else, you know, that we should be touching on here? I think we cover it. I'm 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 comfortable and you know I'll always come back. <laughs> yes. That's right. I like hanging out with you. You have been our returning guest, so we appreciate you and all the work that you've been doing and if you have to come back again, we'll we love to have you. Yes. All right. Well I want to thank you again, Tracy, for coming on the show this week. And just one more time, what's that number again? Seven two four nine seven seven three two five six. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show this week, and I want to thank you all for listening. And that'll do it. We are here every Saturday. You know where to find us. We're at SharonHerald.com, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And um, just one other thing to plug, if you've been wondering where our sports podcast is, the New Generation Sports Report, um, we are gearing up to start that up again. Um, So probably a little bit before football season, we'll be starting that back up. So be on the lookout for that. So thank you again, Tracy, and thank you all for listening.